Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Chronically Mom podcast. I am your host, Michelle Pickens. I am a mom of two little ones sharing my experience with chronic illness, specifically Crohn's disease, as I navigate motherhood. Through my website, social media, podcast, I work to empower, educate, and connect members of the chronic illness community. We chat a lot about parenthoods, mental health, and some other lighter topics here and there. So you can check that all out on chronicallyblonde.com. Let's get started. So today's episode is one that I feel is extremely important. June is Men's Mental Health Month, so I wanted to feature a male guest who could speak to his experience in that area. Uh, So that's what our episode is going to be today. I know a lot of listeners are women or moms, so it's really important. I just want to stress this, that we have perspective on what our male counterparts are going through. So just like Women struggle with unique challenges around mental health. Men do too. Uh, My husband, Matt, and I recorded a podcast episode a couple years ago about his mental health struggles after the birth of our son, and it ended up being a really powerful episode, Um, and I think that's because we don't get to hear these stories enough, Um, and that's because of the stigma surrounding men's mental health. So hopefully as we share more of these stories and continue the conversation around it, um, it will help to break that stigma down. So in today's episode, you're going to hear a conversation that I had with my fellow IBD warrior, Carlos Cabrera. He is an inspiration sharing his own journey with IBD and mental health. Um, In this episode, we touch on topics like how fitness and nutrition impact mental health, how to pull yourself out of dark times, and tips for supporting your partner through those difficult moments. I am so grateful that Carlos shared his wisdom and his story with us, and I hope you all enjoy. Thank you so much, Carlos, for coming on the podcast today. I am so excited to chat with you. We can give some background on how you and I actually met because I think that's uh, that's interesting. So we were both part of the American Gastro Association Patient Influencer Program. So we uh, went through the training program and then attended Digestive Disease Week together uh, last last month. So I'm super excited to have you share more about your story and, uh, you know, talk a little bit more about mental health to kick things off. Why don't you share your IBD story? Like start from the beginning. Okay. So I'd say I started to experience symptoms of IBD around 2017, 2016. I got out the military September, uh, started to try and bulk up Uh, go up in weight Mm -hmm. so I was training hard I was trying to eat a lot and in January I started school so I was trying to do all those things together I started to notice a little bit of blood in stool Mm -hmm. but I didn't give it too much thought I just thought it was like the protein poops or a rough bathroom (laughs) session it really wasn't until I started to fill up the bowl with blood that I saw that, okay, no, this is serious and I have to get checked. So around that time, I did not have insurance. I was trying to get set up with uh, Veterans Affairs um, and that took probably around like six months in total. Wow. Uh, Yes, because they just kept uh, shooting me through loops. Uh, They would switch me to somebody else and be like, all right, we'll just transfer you over here. And then next thing you know, it'll hang up 
and then you have to be on hold for like another hour or so and it was just what? a whole bunch of games with them it's like a full-time um, job just to be able to see a doctor yes yes wow. it really was wow yes but uh, i actually managed to uh get set up with them um in 2018 um they put me for a colonoscopy in March um, but a week before my colonoscopy all of my symptoms completely disappeared no blood in stool no cramping no pain and me being a young ignorant male I was like oh I'm cured <laughs> everything's good everything is good um, I gave it a little bit uh, I gave it three days and I the symptoms are just gone nothing nothing came back and I called the doctor or the nurse and I let her know, I was like, hey, I have a colonoscopy next week. All my symptoms are completely disappeared. Should I still get the colonoscopy? And me being a young ignorant male, not wanting anything of my butt, <laughs> right. I was just, I was fishing for that no. Right. So she, she just said, you don't have to, but we recommend you do. Yeah. And as soon as she said, you don't have to, I was like, okay, thank you. And then I just hung up. And not even a month later, I'm back in the ER because of, you know, the flare-up again. Right. And that's when I decided, no, I have to get this colonoscopy. And then in April, I want to say 27, 2018, that's when I was officially diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Um, I was still going to school around this time. Um, I was doing my associate's degree. I am so happy I managed to get my associate's degree before all the symptoms ramped up. Yeah. Uh, during that time, I was experiencing a lot of sense of urgency um, and a lot of just going to the bathroom. And it was difficult trying to manage that in school because I would have to plan, okay, I have to drive 30 to 45 minutes to school. I have to know where all the places I could stop at just in case I need to peel off the road. Right. Uh, just to use the bathroom. It, would, it was just a lot of anxiety having to deal with the sense of urgency and having to actually do things and function as a normal person. Yeah. Um, after I got my associate's degree, I ended up transferring to a four-year college, uh, George Mason, and then I started to study criminology but by that time, my flare was pretty up there. I was going to the bathroom at least 15 times a day oh my gosh. Uh, with a lot of sense of urgency, a lot of mucus and cramping. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really making it hard to uh, concentrate in school just because of the anxiety, the, the embarrassment, too, of being in class. And then, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. I get up. I go. I spend 15 minutes in there. I come back not even five minutes in my chair, boom, it hits again and I have to go. Right. So it came on to a point where I actually ended up catching uh, two different, three different infections, um, bronchitis, a sinus infection, I forgot the name of the other one, but all of that hit at the same time and then my UC flared up full force. Oh. So I had to drop out of college um, on the last day of tuition refunds. Oh my Pretty gosh. Pretty much just to save enough strength because at that time I was experiencing extreme fatigue. I was going to the bathroom 25 to 30 plus times a day. I dropped weight from 160 to 120 just because I was barely eating because wow. of the lack of appetite and the pain. Um, 
and my mental health tanked. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. That's well, you worked so hard to get your degree and to be working towards furthering your education and then to have that halted because of something that you can't control that must be extremely extremely frustrating um when you were diagnosed and when you were going through this did you know anyone else who had uc or crohn's or anything or were you just sort of flying blindly through I was flying blindly through when I was when I was diagnosed. My doctor gave me a pamphlet to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. He said, "If you have any questions, ask me." Uh, I went on the website and I saw nobody that looked like me. I didn't really see a lot of things going on there, so that yeah. kind of made me feel a little bit more lost. Um, I do remember distinctly. I've asked him. I was like, "Hey, does diet have a, a role to play with IBD?" And he said, "No." So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. Red flag. <laughs> obviously, it does if, you know, if you eat something and it makes your stomach mess up, kind of go hand in hand together. Yeah. Um, I started to, it was when I was in that flare going through all those fighting the different infections uh, when I started to look more into uh, communities. So I would be online on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd look at the Facebook groups of ulcerative colitis, inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, and I would join them all. And I would just be in the background just looking because I personally wasn't there yet to share and open up. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I haven't even opened up with my own people yet. So yeah. I was just there watching. Um, a lot of people would share openly. Um, a lot of things that you know people don't usually share right Mm -hmm. because in this community we're a little bit tight a little close so we share the the dirty the nitty-gritty oh yeah things that we're going through so seeing all that stuff uh it kind of opened up my eyes a little bit to how i would go around this and then i'd say around maybe a couple months later i started to feel better um, I opened up to my community, my family, my friends on all my social media platforms. I told them, hey, I know I've been gone for a few months. I've been fighting this disease. I've been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Uh, I'm not asking for pity or sympathy or anything. I'm just, I just want to inform you what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, and after I sent that message, I received so much feedback, so much uh open-heartedness from everybody that it made me want to continue sharing it made me want to continue learning about this disease just so that I could educate myself and the people around me so that's when I kind of got into the advocating space yeah I got into advocacy by just sharing about what I'm going through daily um I would put hashtags on my posts Mm -hmm. Uh, I would look up the hashtags and follow the hashtags on the social medias Um, and then every now and then when I would see uh, people of color with IBD I'd just start following them because I was like okay now I don't feel like I'm the only you know colored person with this right Right. so I started to build my own community in a sense um, along with being in the Facebook communities Um, it really gave me a good boost in my mental health, uh, connecting with other IBDers, seeing them thrive. Um, back then, I know the mindset 
sometimes flips for people when they're doing bad or they're down bad. Um, I know when I was down bad, sometimes I wouldn't want to go on the groups. I wouldn't want to see people sharing, you know, stuff about how they're doing good or because I wasn't there yet mentally. Right. Right. But further down the line in my journey, when I started to do a little better, those posts were actually motivating because it showed me of the things that I could potentially achieve. Yeah. Um, I connected with uh, IBDers from that group, um, from the Facebook groups, um, and they put me on to game. <laughs> they told me, hey, fitness, diet and nutrition, mental health, get that all in check, and you'll start seeing things changing. Yeah. And that's kind of how I started to shift my perspective a little bit and how I approached attacking IBD. Um, it all started with making lists, um, making lists of, you know, a sleeping log, a eating log, uh, using the bathroom log, mm-hmm. um, put that all together. And I started to nitpick uh, my lifestyle. So I wasn't getting enough sleep. I would try and, you know, focus on getting more rest. Um, I would eat something that did me did me wrong or upset my stomach. I'd take that out of my my diet. So I started yeah. to fine tune and risk and put more restrictions on my diet but with restrictions also comes uh i guess a malnourishment because uh i wasn't eating vegetables um just because any vegetables hard on your system exactly they're just hard to digest um but i just kept going the same way um eventually i met somebody or somebody found me just through advocating his name is uh jordan he was the owner of the crohn's veteran podcast and he interviewed me for um just a random interview yeah and it went it went great um at the end of the interview i asked him because i had a lot of free time i was i was stuck at home i told him hey i got a lot of free time on my hands if you need any help with this podcasting stuff hit me up i'm down to help and then probably a week later he hits me up and he he welcomes me to the team um so then we started yes we started doing the podcast together um interviewing people raising awareness for IBD through that was where I found Renika (laughs) uh Renika Wood um she's an addictions therapist also an IBDer um we I we made her a co-host so the three of us were on that journey together, advocating, sharing people's stories, connecting with people. And that really put a big, big uh, boost in my mental health because not only was I, you know, connecting with other IBDers, I was hearing their stories about how they went through hell and back Mm -hmm. and now they're thriving. So that was, that was the pattern I was seeing. Um, But I saw it as a blessing and a curse at the same time because one, I was a new IBDer and hearing all these things is like, oh, oh wow, that's a possibility of all the things I can experience now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other part, the blessing part is that they all got through that part and now they're thriving. So yeah. that gave me hope in the sense of, you know, reach and remission. Right. That's, that's a really interesting perspective. I like to think of it from the positive piece of it of, Hey, they got through it, but also the fear of, Oh my gosh, am I, is this going to happen to me? Am I going to experience these things? So, um, that's, 
that's very interesting. So I have a question. I want to back up to when you were tracking everything with your sleep and your food. Um, did you, were you tracking anything as far as your mood or your mental health or your stress level at that point? Or did you know uh, if you weren't tracking? I'd say, um, no, I don't think I was tracking my mental health or my moods or anything like that. I was yeah. just I was, I guess I would hyper-focus on trying to be productive in the terms of writing everything, just trying to figure out the puzzle, yes. essentially. It's like a big math equation that keeps changing. I feel like, like you're just trying yes. to figure out what's going to work for me. And, and it changes on, you know, a day-to-day basis too. Um, so with, with mental health specifically, was that something that you had even thought about or um, been, you know, in, involved in prior to your diagnosis, or was that more of a newer, uh, newer area of focus for you after being diagnosed? I'd say is it was more of a newer kind of thing back then. I thought I was indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could do whatever I want, eat whatever I want, drink whatever I want, and not have to suffer the consequences. Right. The The very negative thing about me back then in that mentality was, uh, I'll leave it up to future CJ to deal with. And then future CJ would have to deal with all the problems of, you know, what past CJ used to do. Yeah. But maturing and realizing that is not the way because you're just causing yourself more harm was how I kind of got through that. Um, but with the mental health journey, it really came down to connecting with like-minded people, uh, opening up, sharing, and realizing that when you open up and you share, uh, you just get this weight off your chest. You actually start to feel better. Yeah. What, um, what advice do you have if someone is reluctant to start sharing or maybe they're at the beginning of their IBD journey? what gave you that courage or how did you kind of take that step to be able to start sharing? IBD is a really, really complicated disease, um, especially when it comes to mental health. Um, When you're in a flare and you're really going through it, you tend to isolate yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did that. I did that for a couple months and I just felt even more depressed. And it really wasn't until I opened up And I got all that feedback from everybody, even people I didn't know um, that are actually fighters of the disease itself, that I started to realize the benefits of opening up and sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, since you've been sharing, I'm sure you've had people that have reached out to you and said like, hey, thank you for sharing. Thank you for, um, you know, being so vulnerable and open with your story. Do you think that you've inspired other people to share what they're going through as well? Yes, yes. It's always uh, one of those heartfelt things when, you know, you get that message like, hey, uh, I appreciate you, you know, sharing your story. Um, You inspired me to, you know, want to open up and, you know, get out there and actually, you know, take care of myself. Um, It's crazy how many people don't really take care of themselves. They just go through the day just to get through the day. 
Yeah, that's, that's so true. And I think that's when we first met and you were telling me about your fitness and nutrition routines, that was something that was, is so incredible about you is because you're so dedicated to it and you are so open with sharing with other people and wanting to bring other people in and help them improve their lives too. So I want to talk about that a little bit. So I know you credit your, um, a lot of your, your remission to your nutrition and, and your fitness. So let's talk about that. Okay. So with fitness, um, I always been, uh, somebody who was interested in fitness, exercising, uh, growing up, I played sports, uh, in the military, I was very competitive with, uh, the military fitness and the little events we would host for each other and stuff like that. Um, and then when I got out, um, I got more into the weightlifting side of fitness. Um, but I always knew that every time I exercised after it, and I gave it my all after it, I would feel great no matter what I was going through. And I kind of continued that with my IBD journey. So after I went through that time where I spent in bed rest, like two to three months, um, I came back. And the first thing I did was I went back into the gym. Um, I didn't push myself as hard as I would want to because I I would feel the effects of pushing myself too hard. Um, My joints will swell up a uh, sense of urgency would kick in. I'd have to use the bathroom. I had to be more methodical with how I approached fitness. Right. Um, same thing with nutrition. I couldn't really eat everything. Um, same thing with protein uh, and protein powders. Like mm-hmm. people would take any protein powder and then just call it a day. I really couldn't do that. Yeah. I had to stick to, you know, the plant-based, the vegan stuff. Mm-hmm. Um as my IBD got worse, um, my nutrition had to get tailored to that. I lost the ability to eat certain things. Like uh, I used to be able to eat dairy. I got diagnosed. I couldn't eat dairy anymore. Then my UC got worse. I had to stop eating gluten. Um, And now I'm on a gluten-free, dairy-free diet. Do you feel like when you changed your diet, did that impact your mental health at all? 100%. (laughs) How, how Um, do you feel? Talk to me about that. So I would consider myself a foodie. I started to get into foods after the military. Um, I started to cook a lot. I started to go out a lot, eat, try a lot of different foods. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, when I got diagnosed that all that got taken away from me. I just found out about putting cheese on everything. (laughs) So so that got ripped out of my hands. Yeah, that's that's cut right away. (laughs) Exactly. But um, I started to learn more about alternatives. Just because I couldn't have certain things doesn't mean there wasn't an alternative, alternative for it or an alternative way to cook it. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of what you do now is, it, it, you know, you're, you're coming up with these creative ways to, like you said, work out and not uh, cause more issues with your symptoms and eat things that you want to eat, but not have them cause more issues. Um, exactly. 
Yeah. I, I have a question for you about the, the fitness piece too, that, that I want to go back to. So I know that you said that you had to modify your routine and what you were doing, um, to sort of fit where you were at with your disease at the time, um, for someone who is maybe not able to work out regularly now, but they're trying to kind of ease back into it. How, how do you motivate yourself or what would you recommend to start making those baby steps? I really, I feel like it was more of a mental thing for myself. Um, a lot of mental health, depression, yeah. um, wanting to get back to the old me. Um, because like I said earlier, I went from 160 to 120, even below 120. So yeah. I literally saw myself wasting away. And I told myself, we're just going to take it one day at a time. You know, if you can only work out for 10 minutes, work out for 10 minutes and then, you know, casually increase it from there. Um, I stopped going to the gym at one point because I was experiencing extreme fatigue. I barely had any energy to get up the stairs and make myself food. Like it got so bad to the point where I'd wake up tired and fatigued. I'd go upstairs to try and make food. I put it in the microwave. I'd have to go lay down for like five minutes. I'd get back up, have to warm it up for a minute, <laughs> yeah. eat a little bit, go back to laying down. It was like a real struggle figuring out how to work around my fatigue. Yeah. And the same thing for the exercising. I had to find ways to exercise when I had the bouts of energy. Um, even when I didn't have energy, I, I wouldn't exercise. I'll be real with you. Yeah. Um, I'd focus more on the resting part. So once I did get a little bit of energy, I'd make sure I had some food in my body so I'd actually have more energy mm -hmm. to expend. Um, and then when I would work out, I'd do a lot of home workouts. That's nice. So that you didn't have to be in the gym setting and having that extra anxiety. I'm sure that that, that helped. Yes, yes. Yeah. I want to get into more about mental health in general. Why is it important? I know we touched on this a little bit before, but why is it important for men in particular to share struggles that they're having with their mental health? And is it more important if you are a man that's struggling with IBD? I'd say yes to everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> as a man, uh, we tend to hold on to a lot of things. We don't tend to talk about a lot of things. And that weight carries with us until, you know, stuff starts to happen, right? Um, you'll start to see it in your day-to-day. -day, like, you'll start to act different. Yeah. You might be a little bit more moody or you might react to certain things, right? Um, or we might even snap at people. Yeah. Um, cause fights and whatnot. But as a guy, you know, when we talk about things, you you can't honestly you can't talk to everybody. You have to find somebody that you trust, mm -hmm. somebody who's you know not going to put your business out there, or even you can talk to a professional. Yeah. Um, and they can give you a different perspective. Um, then you just go from there. To be honest, um, when you open up, it releases a whole bunch of stuff. You know, yeah. when you when you don't talk and you hold it, you store that energy. It's like more of a negative energy. And once yeah. you talk about it, it just releases it. Yeah. And then I'm sure once you start to talk about it, then you become more comfortable and it, and it gets easier over time. Yes. Yes. 
I mean, if you're shy like me, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm always nervous to talk about it and open up, but I already know of the benefits of it. So I just yeah. go ahead and do it. It's almost like, I, I feel like it's like working out when you're like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like doing it. But then once you start to do it, you're like, oh, this feels really good. So maybe exactly. I should be doing it. <laughs> yes. yes, Full circle. that's exactly how it is. <laughs> yeah. So specifically, if you are concerned about your partner's mental health or even physical health, how can you bring this up to them in a way that is respectful, um, but also that's going to resonate with them? What would you recommend? <laughs> I don't talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So I actually had a little bit of trouble with that in my past relationship. Um, we were both on different waves. Um, I was more into the, you know, the fitness and nutrition side, and she was more into uh, the working side. You mm -hmm. know, uh, she wasn't really taking care of herself. I would try to encourage it, but at some point, to her, it just felt like I was pushing her. And, you know, when people are getting pushed, sometimes they don't like to do things. Um, they do it at their own pace. Yeah. Um, what I would recommend is just, just having that conversation with them, you know, starting slow, um, finding alternative ways to exercise. That's one thing I didn't know about back then. I thought weight, weightlifting was just the main exercise. No, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do to exercise and work your body. Yeah. A whole bunch of different alternative movements. Let's say if you have knee problems, there's certain positions you can get into where it doesn't affect your knee or your back. Um, and it all takes just taking it one step at a time, bringing it to their attention and just making sure that they come to you. You don't push them onto it. Yeah. That's really good advice. Cause I think sometimes that's you, if you care about someone so much, your first instinct is to push and push and push, but they're not necessarily going to receive that, uh, in a, in a positive way or in a productive way. Um, and then what are some things that partners has, a, a lot of my listeners are moms or, and they're women. So if say they want to be able to support their partner's mental health, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, what are some tips or what is something that we can do to be there as, as, as good partners? Work with them together. Um, one thing I like to do with my, my partner now is uh, we meditate. Um, we'll, me we'll meditate for 10, 15 minutes. Um, I tell her all the time, you know, to express herself in her journals, to journal. Um, and if she does need to talk about something, you know, we can talk about it or, you know, she can write it down in a journal, get it off her chest. You know, when you keep that stuff in you, that's when you start to feel some type of way. Yeah. Journaling's incredible. I love that you mentioned that. That's like my coping mechanism of, <laughs> of choice. Um, yeah. I, I love that. Oh, one, one thing, um, yeah. along with the journaling, um, Sometimes, you know, when you don't feel like writing and whatnot, um, you can videotape yourself. Uh, that's that's what I do. I'll just set up my camera, talk into it for like 20, 25 minutes, and then go back and listen to it. And then I'll be like, oh, that's why I'm feeling that way. And then I just go from there. That's a great idea. I never even thought to do that because sometimes you're exhausted and you're like, oh, I don't want to write. But that, yeah, that's really interesting. Do you ever go back and look at it? later when you're in maybe like a better spot and you see how far you've come 
Yes, there, there's this one specific video that when you said that, I think about all the time. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a nice person. I'm a, I'm a chill guy. But yeah. there's one instance that got me out of pocket and made me mad and upset. So one day I woke up, it was around, and I was holding on to this situation for a good minute. And I just woke up tired one day around like two in the morning. And I was going to go back to sleep. But then I was like, you know what? I feel some type of way. Let me just let me just record this video. And then I just started talking into it. And I explained the whole situation. And I explained what I felt, why I felt like that. And by the end of the video, I was like, I got it all off my chest. I felt better. I was like, wow, I really do feel some type of way. Let's move a different way now. And then I just went from there. That's amazing. And that's very cool that you had the self-awareness to do that. Because most people I feel like would just keep holding it in or start taking it out on people that are close to them or, you know, snapping on other people. But the fact that you, you took that and kind of channeled it into something that wasn't harmful to the people around you or harmful (laughs) to yourself. Like that's so powerful that, that you were able to do that and you have that tool now. Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Is there anything specifically either IBD mental health or anything that you want to dive into in addition just I just want people to be aware of you know what they got going on if you feel some type of way or you know your mental health is a little bit down actively work on your mental health the only way to get through it is to push through it if you're constantly thinking about the past you're going to get depressed if you're constantly thinking about the future you're going to get anxiety you have to be present and in the moment in order to, you know, work on yourself. That's really good advice. Tell me about, I know you're on your new, your new business venture, um, actually helping other people um, achieve hopefully some of the results that, that you've achieved. So tell me about that. Okay. So I'm a new personal trainer at Pure Fitness. Uh, my what? business is called Caramelized Fitness. I, um, I'm going, I'm looking to transition to online eventually, but right now I'm doing in person. Uh, I do take online clients as anybody's looking. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because when you were, when you're giving me, given all the tips on like you get in this position or that position, I'm like, I think I need that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but I want to get my certification for online first and then eventually dabble into getting my nutrition certification. So then I can hit nutrition fitness, and a little bit of mental health. I'm looking to change people's minds of how they attack fitness. I'm taking more of a holistic approach. Um, So yes, uh, Caramelized Fitness. I'm at Pure Fitness in Springfield. If you guys are looking for an online trainer as well, you can hit me up on Instagram at Caramelized Fitness. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is great chatting with you. Thank you for all of the great tips. I think it's so powerful that you're so open with your story and open with the struggles that, that you went through. Um, I think it'll really, you know, continue to inspire other people to, to open up and you really are changing lives through sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That was this week's episode with Carlos Cabrera. I am so glad that he agreed to come on the podcast and share his story. I think he gave some great tips about mental health in general. And then especially when you are up against a tough diagnosis, 
So if there is a man in your life who you think a benefit from this is a good time to, you know, just have this playing in the house or maybe in the car when you're driving somewhere with him, uh, hopefully Carlos's words may inspire him to dig a little deeper into his own mental health because we all need to be taking care of ourselves physically and mentally. Mental health is just as important as physical health. So glad you guys could join me for this week's episode. Make sure to follow along on Instagram at chronically blonde, and I will be back next week with a new episode. Thanks guys. Have a great week and stay well.